Hello and welcome to this, my first series of podcasts, Conversations on the Menopause. Conversations with real women like you and I about our experiences, what's worked, what hasn't worked, and our hopes and aspirations for the future. Hello and welcome to my guest today, the inspiring Ashley Costello, a woman born in South Africa, raised in Manchester, worked in Abu Dhabi and hopefully, hopefully settled now in Cheshire. Um, She is a TEDx speaker, soon to be published author and founder of The Resilient Kid and The Resilient Woman psychotherapy and consultancy practice here in Cheshire. Thanks for joining me today. Oh, Louise, that was such a lovely, um, warm welcome. I, of course, I'm going to be here. It's you. Of course, I'm here. <laughs> Thank you. So I suppose it's safe to say that resilience is really important to you. And I think um, resilience is one of those things, potentially. We, we, we hear it a lot and we have an idea in our heads of, of what that is. But when we actually ask to say what is resilience, we sort of go, oh, um, well I'm not quite sure is it that sort of pick yourself up and dust yourself down and and carry on I don't know what what are your thoughts um yeah it's funny really and I and I I suppose I hadn't really you know drilled down to what resilience was until the TEDx talk so um when I was asked to do that you you kind of given 10 minutes on a you know almost world stage I mean it was it was on a local stage but it is going to go on the world wide web and you know it's on the ted platform which is amazing so when you're given 10 minutes to talk about something you've got to want it's there's got to be a bit of longevity about it like you've got to be interested because you've got to do a lot of homework around the subject um and i started to talk about education and how education is failing our kids and one of the solutions I came up with is that we need to teach resilience and it was okay so what is that and I think a lot like you say Louise a lot of us think is it that bounce back ability do we only get resilience if we go through something traumatic and then we've recovered Um, and actually it isn't it's it's, resilience is made up um, according to research made up of several components like confidence like how much do you give back to your community and how grateful you are things like that and there's there's various components that we have and we can look at them and go oh actually I'm lacking what do I do outside my house you know am I involved in a community you know one of my big things at the moment is I don't know about you Louise but when, when I was growing up I grew up in a village it was it was a working village you know we were known for steel we were known for um different things in our in our it wasn't quite a town wasn't a leafy Cheshire village like we live in but and what I found is from being very small everybody knew me and it wasn't that they knew particularly me but they certainly knew my nana so if i fell over or i'd done something wrong she would know before i had chance to pick myself up and run back home somebody would have told her already do you know what i mean so and actually that interweaving that we have with kids and adults and everybody know is looking out for each other and you even if you know like oh you know quite often it would be 
there's something not quite right about Jimmy up the road, but you'd all keep your eye on him, you know? And kids, kids knew they had to behave. They knew that somebody had the back if something happened. And there was expectations on that child, you know, from the village. And I think we, we've lost that really now because, you know, we're more insular, particularly after lockdowns and stuff like that. We're more insular. And so my big thing is now is getting that support network for, for you, for your kids, but for menopausal women, it's invaluable absolutely invaluable so that somebody has your back outside of your partner outside of your family unit you know whether it's friends whether it's your doctor whether it's an expert whether it's you know listen to a podcast like this and get some tips but somebody else caring about you and you knowing they've got your back so that's for me resilience is absolutely made up of components and I think when I look at that in relation to menopause, I think it hits a lot of those components as far as. And actually, what we find is as we're going through menopause, you know, I've got my hand up here as we're going through menopause, I'll own it. Um, we find they they take a hit, those components take a hit, and therefore so does our resilience. Wow. Gosh, that's really amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that's a really wonderful way of describing it that I'd never ever thought of that's just like my well it's just blown my mind really if I'm honest because <laughs> I literally did think it was that sort of that I thought of it quite sort of in a rigid way mm. and it's not when you describe it like that when you describe it like that it is really dynamic and it is really really flexible and it's and as you say it's about the connection with the external not just ourselves but I found that in my practice with with as a physio and treating people that when if they've had experiences through their lives of how of managing in ill health and things that they tend to generally sort of manage a bit better when when they're sort of hit with a bit of a crisis and I think menopause and perimenopause can be a crisis for a lot of women and I think especially when perhaps they've gone through all of their lives and never really had any difficulties with their hormone balances and things I think it can be as you say it can just chip away at those different layers of our connection with ourselves and with the people around us and um, and our community and everything. And actually, I've never really ever thought of it like that. So I'm thrilled that you've like raised that. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. I think it's, um, I think for me, I can knowing, so, so traditionally there's seven components of resilience. And I have going through menopause myself and I had early menopausal symptoms because I had, um, uh, I had keyhole surgery to remove my womb. So I had had endometriosis, kind of unknown really 
for a long time. So when I was very young, struggled with periods, you know, was then put on hormone tablets, then put on the pill because they weren't working from a, from a very early age. And it messes, like it messed with your body. It absolutely messes with your body. It messes with your, your natural hormones. Um, but it also stopped me being an incredible amount of pain. Now, at the time, I didn't know it was endometriosis. Um, I'm not that old, but endometriosis kind of wasn't banded around. Like, you know, it's we now know a huge amount about it. There's a massive campaign about it at the moment. But at the time, we didn't know anything about it, really. And um, it was only when, so I lived abroad um, and I'd come home for the summer and I'd stopped the pill before I got married at 30. So I'd been on the pill about 15 years stopped the pill because I wanted to, um, I was getting married and I thought, you know, we'll probably start a family fairly soon. I wanted to make sure I had a big gap. Got um, a couple of years later, decided we'd try for a baby, got pregnant straight away. We were really lucky, um, breastfed. Then um, about a year and a half later, decided we'd try again. Got caught straight away again, very, very lucky breastfed and just after that I'd come home for a summer so I would have probably stopped feeding about a year now the reason that I say that is because when I came home I was in an incredible amount of pain and just luckily at the time my mum worked for a gynae consultant in one of the biggest teaching hospitals in uh, Manchester and I was staying at mum's and she just went I'm you coming in like you're just coming in and she rang ahead and she said listen can I bring Ashley in she's really poorly blah 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 and cut long story short it got to the point where I'd been seen they said do you know you've got endometriosis and it's back and I went well I didn't know I had it and and it's what do you mean it's back and they said because you've been on the pill because you've been pregnant because you've been breastfeeding it's kept it at bay and because I had 18 months where I hadn't done any of those things it was back with a vengeance and I was really poorly and um the one of my uh gynae consultants said to me I've got some good news and I've got some bad news and um but I'll give you the bad news first and so me and my hubby were sat there and he, they said um you're not going to have any more children. And I set off laughing and he was like, I've never had that reaction before, Ashley. Like, what's, what is it? And I said, the hubby's just had a history. It, the hubby had just had a vasectomy the day before. So it was hilarious because he wouldn't have had to have that done. But hey, <laughs> um, you know, so, um, and he said to me, so it's going to be a bit of a, shell shock for you now because I want you to come in on Saturday I think this was like Tuesday I want you to come in on Saturday I want to take out your womb and um by keyhole we'll keep your ovaries because you're we, you're too young we want you to still be able to produce your hormones and stuff um and then you're going to hit menopause fairly fast because it can happen within days now I would say it probably took about 18 months for me but I can't do HRT because of endometriosis there is some out there that you can take but I just don't want to take that risk of it starting again um and so yeah so that was probably eight years ago so I'm 49 now and it just kind of happened it it happened fairly fast for me um you know after after having it so yeah I think it's it's one of those where 
having gone through that process, and I think I'm probably at the as much of the tail end as you can have menopause. Um, I'm certainly through, fingers crossed, the worst part of it for me. But there is absolutely, I can see, every component of resilience has been hit by the menopause, by symptoms of the menopause, or symptoms that then lead on to something that has hit that component, for sure. So um, when you had those um, menopausal symptoms, did you have really severe symptoms or how would you do class them in terms of how they impacted upon you? I think as, as a woman, I think our pain threshold is very high. I think, um, and this is why we always going on about guys, don't we? And we go, oh, it's not just flu, it's man flu. Of course it is. You know, but I think as girls, we very much get up and get on. So um, I, I think our pain threshold and our threshold of not complaining and our threshold of those symptoms is higher. So when you say, you know, how severe were they? I think they probably were, but you, but I kind of was like, I need to just get on it. I've got, and, and also as well, and this is what I see in my practice is, and you, and you probably see this as well, Louise, is that women come in and they moan about something or complain about something and you and I would know, well, that's menopause. But they might not click those symptoms are all linked. So, for instance, I think for me, um, my joints, I'd get up off the couch like an old lady, you know, like as if I was like 95 and I'd be like creaking. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I thought, oh, you know, and I just thought it was me. Am I getting, am I overweight? Am I, you know, am I getting old all of a sudden? I mean, I'm not even hit 50 yet. You know, am I getting old? What's happening? Didn't click. It was a, a symptom of menopause. Um weight gain we're all told that we'll weight, gain weight you know but I think for women as well that weight gain around the menopause and you know some some won't get it so I think I think from my research 20% of women their symptoms absolutely impact highly on their life 20% no symptoms at all and if you're one of them absolutely good on you you know yeah. I am I'm cheering you all the way and then 60% will get mild to moderate symptoms now that 20% where it interferes with life I think that is where we would class high and massive yeah. impact however I think the 60% of us you know most of us sit in that 60% I think it does impact our life you know maybe it's not as bad as some but it certainly has an impact you know um brain fog I see clients every day and I I remember being absolutely mortified this day that I'd called somebody the wrong name and it was I'd seen them for ages I know exactly who they are and I just couldn't grasp it I could I could feel it like here and I knew the minute I said I knew it wasn't the right name but I could not correct myself until like seconds later and then I knew it was but it was that brain fog that trying to retrieve that information you know doing my job you imagine if you've got me as a counselor and then I use the wrong name I mean it's only ever happened once but my god I died I mean it was just very honest with them and, and they were they thought it was hilarious but mm. For me, you know, you've got somebody who's in a very vulnerable position and I 
you know, I'm the person they trust to share stuff with and, and you know, cry in front of and things like that. And then I get an email. It's like, are you even listening to me, Ashley? So I think it does have an impact. It doesn't matter how severe or not. I think it absolutely impacts your life. And I think, you know, if we look at stuff like um, weight gain that we just mentioned, we're also talking about confidence, which is a component of yes. resilience. Yeah. We're talking about body image. Yeah. We're talking about your sex life. You know, yeah. you're not, not going to be that sultry, um, you know, hair on the pillow waiting for your partner to come in. If actually all you want to do is put your woolly socks on and read a book. Yeah. You know, so, so I think there's there's lots of things where we can where we can see how it absolutely can impact our life. Yeah. And I think as well with, for me, the current conversation is around this sort of, um you know let's let's put your hr to it it's a hormone imbalance it's a medical model let's replace those hormones that we've lost and um and then we can just carry on doing what we've always done which i think is is okay but actually when we now look at the roles that women have and and the you know what a woman can offer the people around her when they're absolutely functioning to their the best that they can be I think for some women it's a natural pause it's a natural pause to say actually I need some time for me and whether that is as you say to look at where to look at themselves and where they are in the world I think if we sort of continue down the medical model of just like carrying on I think we'd lose something that's really sort of fundamental to women because I don't think we're sort of being given the opportunity to say actually this is what I need we sort of as mothers and as um you know people you talk to lots of women and they're really really active you know they're they're sort of going to they're taking their kids to clubs they're sort of involved with the PTAs they're sort of they're taking lots and lots of um responsibility on board and then sometimes the menopause just comes along and says actually do you know what can you carry on and keep doing what doing all of that and look after parents and go to work and and do all these different tasks and roles and maybe it's just a natural pause for someone to go hang on you know I just need to the world to stop turning and for me to just get off a moment and that should be all right I don't want us to just keep feeling like we've got to stay on the treadmill because that's what society tells us. Absolutely. And I think there's two things there. And, and I know you and I are quite in alignment about this, Louise. Is. So um, years, like obviously years and years ago, when we all used to live like in villages and tribes before we, you know, before we built brick houses and all that, um, we there was a red tent, you know, and we used it when we, menstruated when we was on our period all the girls would leave the village and they would go in the red tent and that was a time to celebrate each other it was a time to wind down not be looking after the the men folk not be looking after the elderly but to come together and that was you know very young girls to very old ladies who were seen as and I don't want to see I don't want to say that old as in a negative like as in they were the wise ones they were the crones they were the ones who taught taught the younger ones how to do this, how to live, how to, you know, do different skills. And I think the menopause, there's a, there's a really 
so in the animal kingdom, menopause doesn't really happen um, because I don't want to break it to you, but they die. <laughs> they don't have menopause, <laughs> they die. When the eggs run out, which is what's happening during menopause, um, when the eggs run out, uh, you, they usually die. And the reason that we don't is for that exact thing, that it's a time for us to stop. It's a time for us to take note. I don't know about you, but I think a real positive spin of some of the symptoms that I got from menopause is I am not going to put up. I am totally intolerant of crap now. Like I do not, A, I don't put up, Louise is nodding. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't put up with, uh, people trying to push stuff on me I've just I've just been to uh, my nephew's assembly and I used to be involved in that PTA and they were like Ash why don't you stay why don't you stay and help us with the Christmas fair today and I was like oh thanks girls I've done my time see ya have a nice time I'll see you later you know and and you know I'm not I'm not gonna I, I say no a lot more often I say yes to things that maybe I wouldn't have done before because I didn't have the time um or I didn't I thought I didn't have the time you can always make time, can't you? Stuff like, um, so I try something new every single year. That's my challenge because I always challenge my clients in in a way. You know, they have to share stuff with me, a stranger. Um, so every year I do something new to challenge myself. I've done open water swimming. Um, this year I did uh, dancing like Beyonce. I didn't look anything like Beyonce. I might add. Uh, next year, I want to do an open mic night. I want to do a comedy stand-up thing. These are not th <laughs> these are all things that scare me. You know, it all started with the TEDx, but these are all things that scare me. But I think that thrill of and, and that you know, even if you only do it, even if you bomb, you've got a really good dinner party conversation. <laughs> you know, and I just think for me now, it's about making time to do the things that I want to do. Of course, I'm still going to be there for the kids. I'm still going to spend time with the hubby and friends and things like that but actually saying yes more to what I want and no to actually what I don't yeah. want or is being dumped on me is massive and um there was something else I was going to tell you about that so I do think I think you're right in that it's a time for us to recalibrate absolutely in what we want in life um and also I think we're lucky because it gives us that when we, if we take the time and, and, you know, anybody out there who's going through this and you, you have it, take that time. Because one of the things that I want to say to you is, yeah, we start, we open the conversation and Louise was lovely in introducing resilience for me, but like resilience, the symptoms of menopause can be worked on and improved. So if you are lacking in a component of resilience, say you've taken a real hit to your confidence you can work on that and it will improve and therefore so will your resilience. A symptom that you may have, like for instance, one of the reasons, well, I started open water swimming last year and I am the coldest person that you will ever meet. Louise will testify that I've got a scarf on today. She has a big fluffy scarf. <laughs> I'm a Christmas jumper. Um, but... Um, what I noticed was, now I've done that as a bit, set myself a bit of a challenge, but one of the things that I noticed with cold water is it took away my night sweats. It reset my temperature gauge. And, and so every day um, I have a, like 30 second to a minute 
cold shower just at the end. So I have a lovely hot shower, wash my hair, and then I turn it on cold just for 30 seconds every day. Now that will help with any disease that you have in yeah. the world, right? It's it, the research behind cold yes. water is amazing. But the swimming, even though I was only going, say, once a week, once every two weeks, really stopped my night sweats. And the reason that I knew is because I had to take some time off from swimming for about three weeks and they came back and I was like uh-huh. oh. so now I make sure that so that's why I started the cold showers yeah. as well. um yeah so I think you know you can work on these symptoms and improve your life I don't have the achy joints anymore and that's not because I'm all the way through menopause that's because I've up my protein yeah my diet you know there's things that you can do to help and I think if we can if we can see it as a positive and take the time out for ourselves and recalibrate and just go, you know, what is it? What is it that we want? Mm. What, what, how do we want our life to look like after this period? Yeah, that's really, that's really exciting because I suppose my, um, the way I looked at the menopause was because um, I had a coach and my menopause coach, AKA my mum, um basically was there at the end of the phone my my um I'm hormone sent I've always been hormone sensitive really quite noticeably hormone sensitive so I would have like two weeks PMT every month for um for 30 years really and so I'd sort of I'd find each month I'd be really positive and be able to um I'd eat well, I'd exercise well, I'd feel really, really great. And as the as the month progressed, it would change and I would like swing to the other extreme. Um and and during that time, I sort of thought of life as and a and womanhood as like a bit of a journey. And back mm. in my twenties, I was sort of knew that I was on the path, but my path was always sort of quite um uh not very direct I'd say so I sort of dipped into lots of different things I dipped into um you know um healing and aromatherapy and meditation and all of these different things that I um at the time I was in I was consistently inconsistent and I suppose with hormones that sort of peaked and trough like mine each month there's there's no one no no surprise in that really Mm. So for me, the menopause um, was this sort of time where, yeah, it was a challenge. But what my mum kept saying to me was, you'll be a different woman on the other side. It'll be fine. You you won't know yourself. And and that's, you know, my mum could tell where I was in my cycle by the sound of my voice on the phone. Um, You know, I've sat in cars so many times think I can't park this. And um, so it really, really did impact my life quite significantly. So for me, the menopause was, yeah, and as I've just said, it was pretty grim. You know, I had times where I was awake for 35 hours at its worst. And, but it actually was like the piece, you could almost see the pieces of the puzzle just all coming together. And, um and the path has got clearer and um and yeah I'm still a work in progress but I'm going 
forward I'm not going forward and then taking two steps back each time it's given me far more than it's ever taken me away and it has been this most amazing amazing phase of my life that I never dreamed it could be as it has been a transformation and and I just don't think we're saying that and we need to sort of say that that it can be absolutely amazing and to try and embrace it and see what we can do to as you say look at those different components of resilience and really build on them for the future of what we're going to do with our lives post-menopause because there's lots to do I'd love to dance like Beyonce by the way that was on my (laughs) list for this year for 2023 (laughs) so I'll have to ask you about that (laughs) and and do you know what and I think I think there's a few things there and 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 I love that and I love that you've you know your mum could tell you and and because we're not passing those stories down we're not going oh this is what happened or that's you know we're not doing that and we need to be sharing those stories we need you know as if we've got to make a virtual red tent for, for you know the women in our lives to go yes this is what happened to me you know it's not going to be the same but it is going to be you're going to be okay you're going to get through it and I think if you can take the time to embrace it you'll you'll and I think sometimes we're on such a treadmill especially as women we're on such a treadmill that we don't often take time to piece that together and I think the way you put it like a jigsaw is really important Louise because I think for me some of the women that I see, you know, um, they, they they can start their menopause or perimenopausal symptoms and they've got no clue because what they'll present to me is anxious. And these could be CEOs of company and they've got no clue why they've done a million and one of these presentations. But yesterday they were in front of a board of eight guys and they can't do it. And they just, they've lost the words. They can't can't remember, even though it's something they've done a million times before. You know, the anxiety that suddenly creeps upon them. Um, I think the forgetfulness or, you know, even stuff like physical symptoms like, um, you know, headaches and things like that. You know, it all has an impact. But if we can go, oh, that's why. So like I now up my water because I was getting headaches. I couldn't understand why. So I've upped the water to three litres, which when you first do it, you're just peeing. (laughs) Right. So, but after that, I'm now, you know, I'm sure that's helped with my joints. It's definitely helped with the headaches. You know, there's things that we can do if we just sit down and, and, you know, sit down and make a note of, of what, Okay, what is happening here? Because I get a lot of women coming to me going, actually, I feel like I'm going mad. The husband's driving me insane. I'm snapping at the kids. Um, you know, I'm forgetting stuff. I'm achy. I don't know what to do next. You know, I'm, I'm all, all of a sudden dissatisfied with my career that I've worked 20 years for. And I think, you know, they think they're going mad. And actually, you're not. It's, it's okay. And actually, I think once we go, ah, that's what it is. Yeah. there's a sense of freedom around that there's absolutely a sense of freedom I think there's two kind of statistics that I just checked in on uh, to make sure they hadn't changed before talking Um, and one was um, divorce rates 
So did you know that divorce rates go up during the menopause? And I thought, I wonder if it is, you know, men actually instigate this because obviously there's going to be not as much sex guys let's be honest right um is it that is it that your partner's ratty or or things like that and actually isn't 68 percent of divorces that are done during menopausal window that's what we'll call it are instigated by women because they've probably gone enough yeah right so i think that is something actually for me do we want divorce? No, of course we don't. But we want women to have a happy life. And if that means divorce, then go for it, girl. You know, absolutely. It's really interesting you saying that because I've um, just got a book by um, Caroline Credo Perez, um, Do It Like a Woman. And yeah. um, the introduction of that just explains that beautifully. She talks about her mum and her um, her mum had a menopausal divorce that really shattered her, and she it was suicidal. And but in the end, she put her life back together, and she went. She's travelled all around the world, doing these to war war zones um, on a on a fairly regular basis, doing what she'd always wanted to do. And I just adore that. Yes. And um, I think, you know, had she, had she not had that experience, that divorce then, she probably, probably would have just stayed doing what she'd always done instead of doing what she'd dreamt, dreamt of doing. And, um, yeah. Absolutely. Um, I, I think, and that's the thing is, you know, I, I said I just won't put up with crap before. I mean, I have cut friends out of my life, you know, um, in the last few years. And that is not because I... I didn't love them dearly it is not because I didn't want to spend time with them but actually it was a case of hold on this isn't this isn't a two-way street anymore and and I felt a relief afterwards you know I really did feel that relief and it's not because the husband's not just putting it out there in case he's listening and is not in jeopardy of of leaving (laughs) or I'm not going to kick him out but there was that where you just reevaluate your life and and also for me I think because of the menopause, I reevaluated where I was putting my energy. And if that wasn't a happy process or it wasn't something that was lighting me up, then I had to go, I, I've only got so much energy to give now, you know, mm-hmm. and I have, to, I have to, you know, keep some back for the kids and for the hubby and, and family and things like that. And actually... If you've got a friend who maybe only gets in touch when they need some of it or, or, you know, it's not a two-way street. And I, I just was like, do you know what? I love you and I and I set you free with all the love and heart. But do you know what? I, I'm, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Um, and actually, I've had a couple of really lovely responses going, do you know what? I get it. I get it. And I'm sorry. You know, and I said, no, that's fine. You know, and hopefully in the future, but just right now like it's not working and and actually they I think you know obviously they were surprised and shocked but it came back really you know um I think they'd kind of reevaluated as well so that was good and and then one of the other things that I know we were going to talk about was suicide rates um with menopausal women so I don't know um if you have had a look at uh suicide and menopause 
I've looked at the statistics mm. um, and and what they're sort of suggesting is over the last 20 years that the, the rates have increased by by around six percent for that age group and I wonder again if it comes back to but again it's similar with men it's not yes. just the, the it's it's almost um propagated as it's just women but actually mm. I think it's a much broader conversation that actually this is an issue that impacts on on men of this age group as well um and I thought I found that quite interesting as well because all I'd really heard about was the women's statistic and not the statistic for men so there's there's two things there I think you're absolutely right I think men do go through menopause of such um in the fact that so have you heard of the Goldilocks theory about menopause oh no I haven't so it's well I say Goldilocks because this is because it just sounds really cool but um so because our estrogen is being produced so sometimes it'll be produced and there'll be um, too much sometimes there'll be not enough and sometimes it's just right so a little bit like the porridge in Goldilocks now the depending on on how your swings depends on the symptoms that you're going to get and the impact of those symptoms as well. So, you know, I know Louise and I have been very positive, really, on the whole about menopause. And, and the reason I bring up suicide rates is because I want to I want to give you something positive about it. So I think you're absolutely right. There is a 6% rise um, between the ages of 45 and 54. And then what happens is... Over the age of 55, suicide has dropped by nearly 30%. And I think it is because we are asking for help. We are stopping and, and checking what, what else we want to do. And we're getting in, even if we might be in that crisis when menopause first hits, we can see the light at the end of the tunnel. And that might be because HRT has come. It might be because... We've got more, um, you know, alternative uh, methods now of dealing with menopause because there's more research out there. But I think fundamentally it's about because we've asked for help, we've seek support. Yeah. And um, I met a lovely lady. I was away for a, with the we uh, away with her for the weekend a couple of weekends ago called Phyllis Woodfine, and she was creating a whole course on what if you can't do HRT or um, what if HRT is not working for you yeah and um all the symptoms she gave you things and we me and my friend Catherine so you know Catherine Sandland I do yeah lovely Catherine Sandland yeah um, we were sat there picking her brains for about two hours like just chatting to her and saying okay what about this and what about that I mean everything from stretches to help um oils supplements food you know um one of the things that we were saying is you know take take Greek yogurt in to increase your protein yeah you know things like that maybe you maybe you suddenly constipated put flax seeds in a smoothie things it was just honestly she was brilliant but you know I think for me, the positive, yes, of course, we don't want anyone, anyone to struggle with this to the point where they're in crisis and, and are contemplating suicide. But the fact that at 55, there's light at the end of the tunnel, because that's what that, that statistic, that's what that means to me. Yeah. 
that yeah. there's light at the end of the tunnel. Wow. It's funny you're saying that because I've started can I'm starting my own book and and it is about the postmenopause and because it seems as though there is a great big there's a lot of discussion about the perimenopause and the menopause and then after that it's it's almost like a chasm it's like a valley that the, there's, not, yeah. there's nothing there's not yeah <laughs> absolutely <laughs> so there's nothing beyond that really and actually there could be so much beyond that so I suppose the, the my question is then if someone is in crisis what what should they do what can they do I think for me, um, you know, I think we often medicalize a lot of things. And um, even though I'm not always a huge fan of that, what I think you should do, first of all, is go and see your practice nurse. Or ask, have your, have your, have your practice got a menopause specialist? Because some of them now are going on extra training. Um, so just to get physical symptoms, just to check out that what you're seeing, write down your symptoms, go to them and check it out. And then have a look what else is out there. You know, I I went to the doctors, they did loads of research for me. They said, oh, you can go on this gel. And then, you know, they actually, at the end, we both, the doctor and I both concluded, actually, no, we're not going to take that risk. And so what I did is I went out and I researched and seen, okay, this is the symptom. What can I do about it? This is the symptom. What can I do about that? And I've made very small changes, really. I'm not saying I'll go open water swimming, but, you know, up your protein, up your water, those kind of things. Go and have a look at what can, what can happen. But if you're struggling with anxiety, if you're struggling with, you know, those self-doubts, because I think they creep in very easily during this time, then reach out to a therapist, reach out and you can get, you can get therapy online. You can get therapy at your doctors for free. You know, there's plenty of really good therapists out there go to the BACP you've even got some that specialize in in menopause now and the reason that I say that is not because that's my job but because you've got somebody holding your hand through this process giving you those tools especially if you haven't got a cracking mom like Louise who can walk you through this you know reach out and reach out and get yourself some help and I'll tell you what I think Louise is right when she says transformational. I think it is transformational. And if you can get the help when you're in that crisis, when you need that help, you'll absolutely sail through the rest. You really will. Wow. Thank you. That's amazing. You're welcome. <laughs> I really, really enjoyed our conversation today, Ashley. It's been wonderful. Thank you. Is Thank you, Louise. A, for the invite and and you know for highlighting this because I think it's such an important thing that we look at the menopause all the whole journey but also you know if you do nothing else talk talk to your friends about this and talk to your friends about the symptoms and what you're doing and who's trying what and just give it a go because honestly you you'll get through it and and you'll be thankful you will be thankful for you. Yeah, absolutely. 
thank you thank you for joining me today i've had a wonderful time thank you thank you louise you have been listening to conversations on the menopause with me louise halliday for a positive approach to your hormonal transition please visit my website atreraaromatics.com that's atrera o-t-r-e-r-a where we celebrate the nature of womanhood you can also find me across various social media platforms Thank you for listening and please feel free to contact me with any questions or to join the conversation. I really hope you'll join me again next time.